0: Brian looking for Alex Simmons. And you have found him. Yes, I've answered my own phone, so to speak. (laughs) How are you, brother?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. It is a lovely, lovely sunny day.
1: It is a gorgeous day.
0: Yeah, the birds are singing and and the wind's blowing and the sun is shining.
1: Well, that's a good triple play right there.
0: (laughs) You know, um, before we get into the topics that uh, we've chosen to talk about today, um, I have to chastise myself here. Uh, yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to, because this is the month of June, and there's something that happened in the month of May that I did not mention that I about very badly. What was well, that about? It was. That one of the founding fathers of Tell the Damn Story, Mr., your friend and mine, Tim Fielder, at the Mm -hmm. East Coast Black Age of Comics convention in Philadelphia, uh, around the 21st, I believe it was, of May, received at the Glyph Awards three awards. Three. Not one, not two, but three awards. The first one was uh for best comic cover for his maddie maddie's rocket book one the second was for I'm holding it up here story of the year Maddie's Rocket Book One and the third was for Best Female Character Maddie's Rocket Book One. Well the Maddie part <laughs> Well, the, the rocket
1: is rocketed sentient and a female? Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. So, how about that triple play? Speaking of triple plays, for uh, for Tim Fielder.
0: Fielder. Let's, Fielder, let's let's hear it for the for the man. Uh,
1: thank you. Congratulations! He's, uh, <laughs> as, as you know and I know, he is a man on a mission. You know, uh, it's one of the reasons we. Uh, uh, Connected so well is that' you know, there's a drive there to tell stories, yeah uh, and uh, one of the things that should be noted about uh, Mr. Fielder there is that not only does he want to tell stories but he's always searching for a new way to tell a story, a better way to tell the story, a way that uh mixes various visual passions he has so not only is he you know winning awards and getting notif- noticed for the good work and, and doing, doing a ted talk
0: but, x um ted x rather talk
1: but you know he's also moving the art form forward which is is something that we should you know make note of and and congratulate yeah, absolutely and we got to you know he's, again he's wise.
0: always with us in spirit but he is running around even more than i am and so um, we only get him now and then for these things, but you know, like he said, he's always with us, and we we get comments from him and things like that, and that's great. And we'll have him back here. What do, uh,
1: did he do his TED talk? Game?
0: He's done he's done a TEDx talk. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know if it's still on on YouTube, was it? But I saw it some months back. Um, I'll try and I'll try probably, and look. You can probably
1: Google. Um, uh i know there's a couple of different tiers of ted talk um one of my former students who is now a teacher going for his phd uh did a ted talk in which he mentioned me and it's uh you can you can google it you know um or search i guess you could search through ted talk as well but it's findable so we would suggest that everybody go and google uh Tim Felder Fielder, Fielder. Ted Talk. Fielder, excuse me. Tim Fel- Fielder Ted Talk. And uh, take that journey.
0: Now, Chris, let me just ask you, are you on speaker? I, I am on speaker. Okay. okay. For some reason, as loud goes. as you normally do. So the volume seems lower. I don't know if you're not as close to the mic or, or what, but i i, I
1: I, I think it's, I think it's an energy thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, not that. <laughs>
1: um, how's this? I'll speak a little louder.
0: How well, I would sound? say get closer to the mic if you can, because I want to make sure we don't, we don't miss anything. Well, I Okay. Okay. Um, and it's funny, because you were just talking about Tim, and you're talking about, a, a, you know, man on a mission. I always call myself man on the move. He's man on a mission. Um, we have to come up with one for you. But. I think that in its own way, that is a sort of a nifty, sneaky, not that you meant it that way, a uh, segue into the topic of today, which uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll do the little intro here, which is that as much as Chris and Tim and Jamal and Scott and Diana and all these artists that I've worked with or had the pleasure of, uh, have the pleasure of knowing over the years, We've all, you know, really put forth an effort to do our best work, to to be professional, to deliver when we say we're going to 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 turn out quality material. Which doesn't mean we we always hit the mark. Doesn't mean that every adventure, creative adventure, is a successful one or a joyous one. And I find that, you know, especially when people are starting out. Or trying to you know keep keep up the momentum, keep up the enthusiasm as they're trying to build their rep. You know, you get hit with a few blows now and then, or you, you you mess up, and it takes you down a number of pegs. Sometimes more pegs than it should. So I thought what might be useful today is for you and I to talk a bit about some of our you know what I call toughest writers' tales. You know, what what were some of the the walls we ran into or you know, what happens when, 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 you know, it all just sort of collapsed, fell apart, uh, burned out, or didn't work, you know, and how did we handle that?
1: Going first or am I going
0: first? Oh, I think you should go first. Did I lose you?
1: No, I'm here. You hear me?
0: No, I mean, really, you, it sounds like you're across the room. I'm about an inch away from the phone. Okay. All right. Well, we'll 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 keep going, but there there we go. Okay. So, yes.
1: Um I don't know about projects that um that got away from me. Um I know ones that have taken longer um and that I've I've had a rewrite um I think one of the things, one of the things that I come across uh, when I'm having trouble writing, uh, the answer for me is always, well, how well do you know the characters? And almost without exception, I find that the problem in the piece is because I haven't made a decision about what the character would organically do. How, how would that character work in that story? Um, for example, uh, I'm, I'm way beyond a deadline with a blackjack story. And it, yeah, it, this one comes down to one question. Just one simple question. And I keep going back and forth. Does he take his guns with him or not? and i now have a very clear picture of how the story works out with and without the guns and i just have to make that decision um as to which serves the story best you know uh and then once you once i find that i have that then then that goes so i think one of the things is um is knowing your characters and knowing what decisions they'll make. I'll tell you one other story. Um, I have a book called The North, and it's based on uh, actual events from my childhood. Um, But it it deals with um, racism and loyalties and the difficulty of doing the right thing. And um, one reason I haven't written it yet is... Uh, The villain of the piece is still alive. Ah. And um, I do not know yet how to fictionalize them enough to still serve the story and not uh, create bad blood. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I have a couple other projects before I have to make that decision. But so, again, it's it, for me, it's decision making. You know, once you make your the decisions, then you can go. Um, I know that I, I have a really good story that is out right now and the world doesn't want to hear it right now, at least not the way I'm presenting it. You know, America is, is very, div- very divided. I think there's, uh, actually, actual, actually, I think there's numerous divisions. Um, but major ones where the one side will not listen to the other side. And, you know, the blame will be depending on where you're standing. It's the other side's fault, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this book is about that. And this book takes a look at, you know, if 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 our present, right, is the future's past, right? So if past is prologue, where the hell are we going? You know, and it looks at, if we continue down the road we're going now, what kind of America will we have? And um, the way it's been presented you know, with a fist in the air and kind of a red, white and blue fog on the cover and a title called A Simple Rebellion has um has not been embraced. Uh it's got about four or five really strong reviews on Amazon. Um and it's sold maybe a quarter of what I was hoping. Um mm. But my marketing of it has been uh, received with the most violence I've ever received. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, reply, I'll put a, something out uh, on as, in, as um, innocuous a platform as Instagram, you know, um, and the response that will come back is you should just die. Uh, and and I've uh, been called um communist and fag <laughs> um, I haven't been called fag since the seventies in, in the Bronx, you know because you know I, I wouldn't smoke cigarettes. ah oh, come on, you fag you know that kind of stuff um so it just it it I find it bizarre, and I continually market it away from the people that I think would hate the book and yet somehow the trolls find it, which is, you know, it's a fascinating, lear- fascinating learning experience. But as I watch new headlines and new crises and new horrible things going on, they're reflected in the book that's already out there. And it's frustrating. I guess that, that would be my biggest thing is uh, is that I have a book that would be a bomb for a lot of people, B-A-L-M, um, and would potentially um, inspire some conversations that America needs to have and I can't can't get it past the hate keepers. Um, And that's, you know, it's so... Thank you. It's so frustrating that I've thought of renaming it. I've thought of remarketing it because it's it's, you know, the the hero is um, a beloved aging comedian and there is a lot of humor through it. It just gets darker and darker and darker. You know, one way you can look at this book is that, you know, it's the end of uh, humor in America. It's the end of the sun in America, the, the, the happy times, or if we continue to, to be at each other's throat. Um, but I, I don't know that that's going to fare any better. You know, um, it's interesting. Uh, so well, those 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 are my responses. I don't know what you think about that, but
0: well, I mean, for one, obviously, um, as your friend, you know, I, I I feel badly about what you've encountered. I I wish I could say I was surprised that that stuff is out there and unfortunately washing up on your shore. Yeah. Um, I I would say the surprise I do feel is that there had not been or has not been, more receiving of the book, even though this other stuff
1: was happening. Well, as as recently as last weekend, you know, and I, I hope this doesn't uh, uh, create a problem at all. I'm not going to name any names, but uh, I was at a writer's convention and uh, spoke with an agent and uh, I showed him everything that I did. You know, my whole point was, look, I have. You know, I'm misinformed or not, I was told I had to create a platform and create a body of work. I have. Here it is. And I showed him what the cop books were and what the genius high was about. And I showed him what I've done with your blackjack character. And then I, you know, I even told him the the most current one, Simple Rebellion. And uh, thank the God, the gods that he was interested in anything. But he went back one. He He kind of gave me a nod about Simple Rebellion. And so that's a hot topic right now. This one over here I'm interested in, you know, so okay, you can see anything you're interested in, and hopefully something good comes from that, but it was interesting to see you know, yep, not going to touch it, and yeah. I understand I understand a hundred percent, you know, um but I look and you know I listen to podcasts as we both do. I watch the news, there are entire stations that you would think would read the book uh, podcast that you think would embrace the book. But, you know, again, it goes to that, that question that I've been going through about, you know, is there a limit to the positivity to the, um, the good that independent or self publishing, they keep pushing it as self publishing independent publishing is if someone else publishes you with a small company, self-publishing is if you publish yourself Um, that still has a taint to it uh, that makes people resistant to read it someone else has to have said your stuff is good enough to publish before people will take it seriously and I've spent 10 years really working hard to put out good solid product and it may not be enough you know and it's something that you have to In a very sober mind, uh, without bitterness, without rationalization, you have to look at that and say, "Okay, you know, you clearly, I'm, you do it, I do it. We clearly live our lives to communicate story." Mm -hmm. I find that if we're doing good work and it's not getting out, you know,
0: I find it interesting because you know, I think. No, I won't speak for you. I'll speak for myself. I think that I resist at times certain uh, rules of thumb that are embraced by by a portion of the masses, uh, which is, you know, you cater to the lowest common denominator. So Mm -hmm. in other words, I don't like to feel that that's what the masses, meaning all people want. I like to feel that there are uh, segments of the masses that will say, yeah, throw something at me that's on, on this, you know, this first floor level, and I'll eat it up every day. I got to go up two or three levels. It's not happening. I understand that. That's just life. <clears throat> that's life. But I know that, you know, if I hear you're talking about simple rebellion and, and sort of the political, social, racial tensions and series of, of events and comments and things that are going on right now. Uh, I'll talk about, you know, even blackjack. I, for for years, years would hear African-Americans talking about wanting more characters that represented us, that spoke mm-hmm. of what we had done and so forth and so on. At the same time, we're, you know, we're going to the movies, we're buying books that have action and superheroes and exploration and all that other stuff. So for me, filtering through my life experiences and through the books that I loved and everything eventually came blackjack. And What was interesting was the the first couple of waves, the first waves of attention were it's a black lead character. It's a period piece. Nobody's going to be interested. The second wave was it's a black character. It's a period piece. Well, black people will be interested, but no whites. And the third wave was it doesn't have superpowers and things like that. So the comic book industry is not going to deal with this. You know, maybe the adults might kind of sort of look at it. Well, the book started coming out. And I got segments of all of those arenas that they told me we wouldn't get, including European interest. Now, the book never blew up to gazillions of copies the way certain books did that had you know, a lot of TNA and you know, a lot of gadgets and things like that. But it developed a following, a, you know, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a, a dedicated following. That even during a couple of the periods of time when I was not publishing any of the stories, I couldn't go to a convention, walk the aisles, and not have people stop me and ask me about the book. Or when are you doing the next one? Or I love that story that you did with Sutton when he was in China, when he was in Japan, when he was this. You know, it's like, whoa, some people even telling me how much it meant to them. So I think you and I both have encountered realities that marketing is a beast all by itself. Yeah. Reading your audience is another head on the Hydra. Finding your niche and, and reading the audience and getting that material out there. All of these are beasts we have to deal with. And in the terrible tales that writers must tell, meaning our experiences, not necessarily the stories we're making up, um, that's, that's one of the ones that we need to talk about more because whether it's independent, small press, self-published, or even the majors, and I've got adventures in all of those, if you don't have the machine put together your machine or their machine working for you you could have written the most brilliant piece of work ever mhm and folks won't find it it will not be heard through the rest of the noise so what you're talking about on on a personal level for me is is frustrating and i'm sitting here at the back of my head thinking you and i on separate conversation need to put our heads together with a couple of other people and really look at this. But, you know, right now I'm going to say that, uh, the backlash. Yeah. Well, you know, we knew the job was dangerous when you took it, but (laughs) in in terms of getting, getting the people who would be behind this sort of thing to raise their hands, step up, stand up, whatever. That's, that's the next battle. That's the ongoing battle for, for you slash us, you know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm in the trenches with you. And like I said, we will, we would talk about this.
1: I think it would be a different thing if we were getting purely negative reviews on our work. On, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you yeah. Do, Cause you have a whole range of stuff you do from, uh, you know, things that you've done that has had legs, despite what the company has, you know, like Orpheus of Batman is still mentioned once in a while, even though he was killed off years ago. Um, mm-hmm. uh, stuff you've done with Scooby-Doo, the stuff you've done with Archie, um, and of course, your Blackjack characters and, and the uh, kids' Comic-Con and all that stuff, you have gotten again and again and again, hey, that works for me, hey, that works for me. You have even gotten, and I remember, thank. I was so grateful for you, for you doing this, you videotaped a kid one time who came up to you to talk about a Blackjack story that I had written. and you ah, yeah. And hit the video and all that stuff, and It was, you know, it's those little moments that keep you going. You know, Um, I've gotten on each of the things that I've put out, uh, I've gotten four and a half to five um, stars. You know, you know that there is at least some quality there. would, Would an editor say, listen, we need to do this and this? Okay, maybe, sure. Would I say yes? I'd say hell yes, you know. But I know that the the the, the guts of uh, of it is there, and the ideas have merit and are getting across to, you know, that small audience.
0: Well, well uh, the other thing we look at too is you just said editor, wouldn't editor? Well, you you're not the person who puts out a book without anybody else reading it. Oh, true. You true. have editors
1: working okay. on I, your work
0: on your material.
1: I have the three to five people read uh, and edit and and. Uh, kick my ass, um, before I, before I put anything out. Yes. And I think that's one of the reasons I pitched the way I did last weekend, you know, because I know that I've put out a professional product. I, I crossed the line by taking out from my bag. Here's a copy of the things that you, you know, that you were interested. Look, it's a professional, uh, uh, product. And the guy picked it up. He had the genius high in his hands and flipped through it. He says, this looks really good.
0: Well see, but that's the thing. You you know, you're in that position uh as a marketer at that moment. You're you're the agent. You're 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 really the, the PR department. <laughs> and and one of the stigmas that self-publishers or indies happen to get past is something looking like it's a quality product. That it doesn't look like you stapled it together in your garage. You know, that you drew the cover yourself and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where we have to show that we understand what pro- professionalism looks like, that that's what we strive for, you know, that it means something to us. It's not just uh, what they used to call vanity press. I just want right. to see my words, you know, on paper somewhere in somebody's hands. So, yeah, no, I'm 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 sure, you, as you said, you crossed the line. Okay, maybe you did. But I'm sure it was necessary in order sometimes, to, to sometimes prove you the have point. To do that. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me just you know again we we will talk more about this and and I think even in a separate episode uh, marketing is something we want to talk about. We um, want to
1: get back to the um, the original question, and I do have an answer of writing blunder. Ah. sex sex scenes. <laughs> sex scenes are just horrendous to write. You know because if you write it with graphic words, it sounds like you know porn mm-hmm. you know and if you write it purely on romantic terms it sounds like a romance novel and if you're genre writing there's no knock on either of them i know you know porn writers i know romance writers god bless them they work hard you got your audience and and do what you do but if it's if that's not the feel that you're going for
0: no pun then, intended
1: uh, thank you very much. <laughs> then you have to find a middle, you know, uh, 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 a middle ground somewhere. Uh, there's no way I, I'm going to be able to get through this without you laughing. <laughs> so and here's another pun you're going to, you know, my solution. <gasps> is, OK. What a guy uh, is to begin the scene, you know, cl- you know, once they get in a brace or fall onto the bed or whatever the scene fades out. Mm. We don't see the rest Cut of it. Away. We leave it. Yeah. We leave it to the reader's imagination at that point. Um, but I have, that, that has been something that, um, you know, because readers expect, they expect something, you know? Um, but I, I just, you know, I can't see my son. And then he grabbed a ass and he, it's just not what I think of as, uh, Part of the of the story I'm telling.
0: You, you yes, it's sex, but you, it's you know not it's funny. That. I don't. <clears throat> I don't think I've. I'm trying to whiz back through all of my my various writing projects. I don't think I've ever really written a full out sexual encounter. Um, you know, I've written, like you said, some of the, the things that led up to the beginnings of the first touch, whatever. But one thought that went through my mind as you were saying this is: okay, Alex, if you did. How would you? And I, I think it would depend for me, and this even jumps back to something you said at the very beginning about character. It's the voice of the character that would determine how I handled the tone of that moment. I think, like you said, he grabbed her ass. I think if I were dealing with some sort of a base character or a guy who's, that's, that's how he talks, that's his thing, I think I would be tempted to maybe make some of those uh, remarks or give some of that description through dialogue coming through the character because then it would feel uh, here's one for you organic <laughs> You know, it right, would right. feel like that's me legitimately using language or terms or describing something that I ordinarily would not right you know yeah. so, so I think maybe that would be my trick mm-hmm for me to explore to see if I could do that. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little bit more like you in terms of at least a lot of the material. I mean, I'm not talking about the kid stuff. Obviously, I don't go there with that. But like with Blackjack, I've never. Veronica grabbed Archie's ass. No. Well, she's probably <laughs> done that a few times. Uh, uh, but, you know, I would never. Uh, I haven't done that with Blackjack where there's, there's been that kind of an encounter. And, and I, I've not seen a reason to, you know, but that's right. me. And that's yeah. that's me as a creator. I get to make those decisions. But the the it's a challenge. You're right. It is a challenge. And it and it's, some of it is about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, because ultimately we come from ourselves when we start doing this material. And when I talk to my right. students, you know, one of the things I talk about when we're talking about developing a character, when we're talking about dialogue. When we're talking about character bios, all those things, I talk about it you know if you just write as if it's you then all your characters sound alike all your characters move pretty much the way you move their attitudes are pretty much yours and you have no no levels no dimension you have one-dimensional people running around on the pages but if you start to allow yourself to get into the mindset of that type of person so maybe you know or you've seen or whatever and then began to develop your fictional character around those kinds of traits and personality quirks then yes their language, their their, their their spoken language, their body language, all of these things begin to develop into a cohesive individual and you can write scenes with these characters and it's not you. So you right. know if I write a violent scene in Blackjack and then I write something silly in Scooby-Doo, well you know there's bits of me in there but no this is appropriate for this genre and this is appropriate for this one
1: well i agree with you and um you know what i can talk to you about uh, exactly this challenge with an added obstacle that i just recently did um i recently joined uh mystery writers of america and they had a call for submissions um, that I thought I wanted to—I yeah, actually did want to face this challenge and give it a shot, and we'll see where it goes. And much to my surprise, you know, it, it, the the conceit is somewhere in the story. It's kind of a YA story, but somewhere in the story, the character will meet or see or witness my first murder. Mm. That was the right so I did one for um, uh, my young character uh, Margaret Agnes Ferguson I wrote the whole story and then I went back getting ready to submit it and I noticed that they're actually looking for something darker so okay it's a writing exercise I'm going to do another story just let's go ahead and I, I spent some time trying to figure out what character would be appropriate and a character who's actually appears in Genius High uh, kept coming up to my mind. Mm -hmm. Her name is Stevie. She's transgender. Um, And, you know, she's been harassed and bullied and abused uh, by people who cannot handle that she is. You know, and what she is. Um, So I decided to do the story of her first romance um, and at the same time tell, you know, the the reaction of the worst aspects of the world to that first romance. Um, I understood how the end story and those parts, those moments, which were going to be separated across the story. I understood how that goes, but but I really had to research. I really had to figure out uh, and have a lot of conversations with Tina. um, The romance part. And, you know, not being transgender and not being a high school student, you know, um, I said, well, how can I get insight into this? What research can I do? Well, I'm a high school teacher, right? I'm not a high school student, but I'm a high school teacher. So I watched the hallways and I saw how you know people are coupling off you know whole hand holding or maybe they're not up to the hand holding part but they'll walk a little closer to each other you know and they'll walk each other to class and Mm -hmm. and i had to use that and, and the decision was make it her first romance you know and the idea is to treat her equally that's what i want people to see so this is her first romance, not her first romance as a trans or, you know, that her first romance. And that opened the doors for me. Mm. Um, And if I just uh, uh, wrote the scenes that I thought were needed in there as a high school couple, you know, stumbling and bumbling and nervously reaching out for each other's hand or whatever and having those conversations and you know, the added thing of course is being seen in public and being you know there were there are a group that uh do not approve of them and um you know that's where That's where the that conflict comes. comes, yeah. Yeah. But uh again, it's it's that when you make the decision, that's when the parts come together. And the decision was to serve the story as, you know, uh, as a romance, not as, you know, trans lit. Now, there might be a trans reader somewhere who reads that story and says, well, you got this wrong, that wrong, the other thing. And I'm willing to take that hit. But I treated them as
0: human beings.
1: A, a, yeah, young human being couple that. Are, f- are discovering love, what the world does about that that's you know that's another part of that experience
0: exactly exactly you no know?
1: but i guess uh, I guess that's you know I keep coming back to that same thing you know serve the story, serve the story, even when you hit these big challenges
0: okay, and on that note, he has served the story and therefore told his damn story um <laughs> Next episode uh, will be a continuation of this one, and then I'll drop, you know, my blunder onto the table, and we'll examine that. So you're going to be back for that, Chris? I'm
1: here for every episode you want me to be here. because
0: otherwise I'll be talking to myself. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Take care, buddy. I'll be talking to you soon. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, and.